0: Everyone. Welcome to Hearts Happiness Podcast. The place where I am share my journey of healing intergenerational family trauma to help you to understand your story. I share a bunch of tools and tips that will transform your mental health and allow you to find your own heart's happiness. So exciting, right? Each episode will cover one of three areas. One, raising awareness of what this trauma actually is and how it hides in our lives. Two, tools, tips, support lots of different things that I've used to get better and heal from this trauma. And three, I'll be connecting you with so many specialists and therapists and coaches as guests on my show. So we are going to transform your mental health and empower you to take your healing by the hands and move forward. Hi, everyone. Welcome back for another episode of Heart Happiness. I'm so excited to share today's episode with you with my dear friend, Emma, who's also helped me on my healing journey, she's a spiritual coach, psychic, and she'll be explaining a bit more about what it is that she does because her work is very unique and very different. And this whole month we're talking about fear and me and her just love to chat. So we're really exploring the theme of fear in this week's episode. So I hope you enjoy it. Before I pass you over to Emma, I just wanted to let you know that I have a very special discount this whole of August on my group coaching program that starts on Tuesday, the 28th of September. So if you want to join me, you get 25% off at the moment. So it's 222 pounds for an eight week course that will literally change your viewpoint on absolutely everything. Because trauma affects us all in different ways. And this course is a great way to learn about intergenerational trauma, how it impacts us and how to heal from it. To connect with our inner child, it's such a great course. I love doing it, love meeting the people on this journey. It's for everybody men, women, whatever your background is. So, if you are interested, just drop me a message or you can find more details in the episode notes. And now, I'm going to pass over to Emma. Hi, Emma, welcome to the podcast. Did you want to introduce yourself and let everyone know what it is that you do?
1: Hi, I'm Emma, Emma Bennett. I am a psychic and I work as a psychic reader, but but mostly as a psychic coach, a
0: psychic spiritual coach. Lovely. And how, why did you do it? And how did you get into it? Right. I got into
1: it originally um, through going through trauma and I found a connection to spirituality as I travel through my own trauma. So, obviously, everybody goes through trauma. I think anybody listening to you, man, priest, gone through trauma. Um, and for me, being able to connect intuitively is something that opened me up. It opened me up into things bigger than myself. And I think that's really where things began. But I mostly work in doing what I'm doing because I love connecting with other beings. I love humans. I love people. I love humanity. And I think that togetherness is something I really thrive on, being able Mm. to help people in that way is what I'm good at
0: (laughs) yeah and you have such a unique special gift and I know because we worked together before um and that's why I wanted to have you on because it's you know I think when people think of a psychic or someone that's super intuitive they don't really understand what that means or how that could be helpful for them and there's all types of help out there for us like different types of therapies and if you're if you're somebody that's looking for the right kind of uh, healer for you this might be a particular avenue that you haven't explored yet that could be helpful because it's a completely different uh, the way you work is completely different you're not saying oh when you're 25 this is going to happen or when you're 30 no, this is gonna you're not that person I'm not like
1: a I'm, I'm not your, Mystic your mag. stereotypical psychic I think actually what's surprising is in our current culture I would say there is there are so many more of us. Do you know, like actually, if you go on Instagram, you go on YouTube, um, you go on Facebook, anything social media, I mean, there are thousands of people Mm. working psychically, right? It's thousands and thousands. And of course you've got those textbook classic, I'm gonna read the future type psychics. And then you've got people like me that use their, I guess their connection in a different way. I use my connection to connect with others. So to sort of just, I guess, enhance or texture our connection and conversation and be able to just get through those layers so you're right you're probably I'm not gonna say oh next Tuesday you're gonna have a black cat cross your path and then money's gonna come in a red envelope or you know that like, it's not that kind of psychic reading it's no. totally different. yeah
0: <laughs> and I guess it's um your skills and the way that you read is actually a way in which Um, you help the person to understand themselves and even their own wounds that they don't see like something that you said profoundly to me um, (laughs) earlier this year was um, something about I was struggling a little bit with my relationship with my brother and you just made me see how um, his behavior was just so similar to when my dad was dealing with grief and quite that actually blew my mind and that you just said something so simply and it just made so much sense and also what I was struggling with with him you just got it when I couldn't quite articulate it yet and I think that's what's really special if you're struggling to um really connect to your own inner voice and your own because that's what that's what you help us to reach don't you
1: yeah I think that's what I'm probably good at is getting into those layers yeah getting into those layers a little bit faster so you know And uh, you know, and I know that you are so capable of getting to those places on your own. But sometimes our conversation, if we're going to do that together is, I can maybe get there in a different way. Um, So my my psychic gift really helps me go through the layers of people. So I can go right down through so many layers so quickly that I don't need you to give me your life story. I don't need to understand you over weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. We can sometimes get to those poignant impactful points a little bit quicker
0: Mm. is probably what
1: happens right so um yeah I think because I'm very focused on relationship and our relationships in general so relationships with self relationships with others relationships with mind body soul relationships with life I think being able to get in there um quite directly is what I'm quite good at
0: <laughs> mm. so I guess a lot of your clients come to you um around those kind of areas like with re- to talk through with the- you with their relationships or
1: yeah. I would um... say my my work is predominantly relationship focused I mean relationship with others um of course that comes back to self anyway Mm. always comes back to self but I would say that is what most people will initially approach me for is because there's a relationship with someone whether that's lover family friends work colleagues that they're trying to get to a place of understanding actually I think everybody that comes wants to understand you know like Mm. I think you would say that right you want to understand there's something there that you're wanting to understand and and we're able to bring forward alternative conversation and perspectives to help sort of bring that understanding a bit more (laughs) to bring it to a place of understanding
0: yeah Yeah. and you're so great at it so I I think you've definitely helped me with some of my fear or um maybe when I've overthought something and gone off on a tangent at bringing that back back in that's like I feel that's really helpful um because this the theme of this month is around fear do you how do you support your clients with fear would you say
1: I am actually a big fan of uh the theme of fear (laughs) I think it's a great one Mm. I think for me fear is conversational and it is such a fantastic form of communication. Um, the things that stand out to me about fear is one, it's self-protective. So if we can get to where that need to self-protect is coming from, it gives us quite a lot of information about what it is we need, mm-hmm. what it is we need to feel safe in whatever that is. I mean, if the if the fear is about, I don't know, relationship, if the fear is, about opening up or doing something new, if we understand where it is we need to self-protect, then we're able to actually give ourselves a little bit of something, wherever that something is, it's gonna be so individual to whoever, you know, whoever is experiencing fear, but you've got to see it as self-protective first. I think we in the spiritual and well-being culture have gone through a huge phase where it was about overcoming fear. And going forward in spite of fear and eradicating fear because it's ego and stuff like that. There's a lot of conversation for years and years about fear being the thing that we want to get rid of. Right. But one, that's impossible. <laughs> well,
0: it's Two, part of our biology. So that's it's part that. of our
1: biology. Exactly. And it's so indicative. Do you know, Like I don't know why we'd ever want to not feel fear. Do you know, it is such a sign of readiness. And I think sometimes we can think, oh, if I'm afraid of something, either that means I shouldn't go forward at all, or that if I do go forward, I'm going to create problems. And I think by having that conversation uh, and meeting fear we're able to understand our own readiness and move in our own rhythm and at our own paces and in our own ways that actually allow us to go forward into the very things we want to have. But you've got to have the conversation, right? You've got to have the conversation with the fear stuff. You've got to mm. meet it. I think that's what we probably do quite a lot in my um, client conversations is we spend a huge amount of time meeting fear, and conversing with it
0: -hmm. it's so true because fear comes up with so many things like I'm covering this in my membership group and we've been talking about how like I know learning to drive how the first time you were doing that that's so scary when you're learning a new skill like your brain goes crazy and it wants to tell you to stop and run away but if you didn't do it if you didn't face not face it, but if you didn't move through those feelings yeah. of fear and those triggers, you wouldn't get that end result, which you want. And that comes up with so many things that you yeah. want to change. Like for me, where I've had a lot of fear this year, where I've been like, obviously moving and changing my life, um, crazy amount of fear. <laughs> and it was because of the changes being so big.
1: Um, Yours were particularly big though. And I think the size of what was happening to you you didn't get a lot of control over the dosage of change you were receiving. Like you knew you wanted to make those big changes with your house move and everything else. And so you knew you wanted it, but trying to reduce that into bite-sized pieces at times felt quite difficult, didn't it? And I think what I've learned recently, which has been really, really helpful actually, um, is the idea of our ability to dose. To have a dosage like we know that repeat experiences are necessary to rewire so repetition 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 it's why when you're learning to drive you've got weeks and weeks and weeks of learning this same thing right, but it's only healthy for our nervous system, if we do it in doses that feel good to us. If we give ourselves too little, say like, so if we don't learn to, if we're only learning to get in that car once a month, we're not gonna learn anything fast enough. But equally, if we were trying to spend all day, every day in the car, that's actually counterproductive because it's too much stress. So it's actually finding ways for us to say, well, me as an individual, how do I meet these healthy doses of of positive stress? Do you know, like, that's actually something that's so individual. Mm. So it's so individual but it is finding you know that way like you say to actually get in the car <laughs> to get in the car and have a go but if you don't listen to the fear in the first place how do you know what you need to feel safe mm. that's so true I think that's what fear is so important with it's telling you what you need to feel safe now in my like in my client conversations, one of the a lot of the stuff that could come up is going to be relationships, especially romance and love relationships. And so many people don't feel safe in this. And I think that's actually quite common now. Like mm. I know more people that don't feel safe in love relationships than I do that feel completely and utterly at ease. Like I think it's really common, but the fear I think Sometimes it's actually really informative. Like if you're getting a load of fear because you know the guy you're seeing isn't responding to you with affection, interest, enthusiasm, if you've not heard from that dude in a week. Like I get so many women ring me up and say, I'm just full of fear because this, you know, I've got so much fear. I've not heard from him, I've not heard from him, I've not heard from him. And they actually take, they're so convinced the fear it's fear, it's just fear. It doesn't mean anything. When actually, if you said, No, I've got a fear for a reason. I need to feel cared for. I need to feel nourished. I need to feel aliveness and momentum. You would acknowledge that that week is too long.
0: Mm.
1: In order to feel safe, you need mm. communication. Yeah, You need to know where things stand. You need information from your other. But I think sometimes we're so busy trying not to be afraid that we don't listen to what it is we need to feel safe so Mm. that we can move through our fear in time.
0: Yeah, that's so Does true. That make
1: sense?
0: Yeah, Does definitely be well in that instance or you know, that relationship, that could be actually your even your intuition or something telling you that something's not right or you're not getting what you need. And yeah. that's and that's what you need to listen to and to Ask for or um, have a conversation or have boundaries or whatever it is, rather than just being like, oh, it's fear. I'm just going to numb that fear out. I'm just going to numb it out. I'm just going to numb it out. I've got
1: so many trust issues and I've got so much fear from my trust issues and I've got so much fear from my my relationships in my past that now I don't feel I can see clearly. Mm. And I think, but often that fear is telling you you feel unsafe. Mm. Now you are self protecting. But what is it you need to feel safe? and I think that if we were able to say all fears tell us we don't feel safe all of them all of them say I do not feel safe in this situation we would be able to open up well why don't I feel safe and what is it that might help me and support me to feeling safe so that I can experience this and grow
0: Mm. that's exactly I think it is is exactly like that because it's, you're getting triggered and learning about what it is that you need to soothe yourself, to go through it. And sometimes, as we said before, fear is actually our biology. So that could be, you know, a red flag being ding, 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 which I definitely think that's what happened to me a lot of times in relationships. But yeah. I didn't like, I thought it was all me, but actually I was like picking up on something quite real and, you know, and that's the thing. And then what learning now what I, I like fear is it's just showing me, um, like how to understand myself, and yeah. give me give me what I need, or be able to, you ask, for it, you be able to ask for it. what
1: you need and be able to
0: It's so true though, isn't it? Um, um sorry, go on.
1: <laughs> oh, I was just going to say on that note, I think what you raised there was a really interesting point about the. It it, it as a follow on from what you literally just said is the idea of well isn't fear sometimes intuitive
0: Mm. I think we
1: often have this idea of fear and intuition being completely separate things and I think sometimes that that is true sometimes the fear means we can't quite listen to that inner knowing I think it does obscure our clarity but at the same time sometimes the fear is intuitive Mm.
0: and Mm. learning
1: to open up conversation around fear which is something I think both of us provide I think both of us provide that through sessions and things I think allows us to be able to get to know ourselves and discern when is it fear and it's completely irrational and when's it not but it all begins with the conversation with it doesn't it
0: yeah definitely yeah there's so many and it's I'm starting to realize that there's like almost two voices and it's like there's the really fast one that's ridiculous and says mm-hmm. you know like oh everybody's gonna die and then
1: oh, my house <laughs> is
0: gonna burn down and like then that this, disaster mode you know that yeah, yeah that voice and yeah. then there is the one that's like um actually for me I had a lot of fear with my property stuff and yeah. um and they actually did come true like I think I was picking up on some tricky energies of people Like I could feel it. It was making me feel uncomfortable. I wanted to fix it and there wasn't anything I could do about that. But I think I was picking up on some things um, that I thought it was because I was being a bit irrational. But actually, I think I was picking up on some stuff and um, which made me feel a bit crazy. But yeah, and I think that's the that's the other side of it it can be because we're all a little bit psychic really
1: you know oh absolutely I yeah. think everybody is and I think everybody is absolutely you know born with the ability to have I think everybody's got that inner knowing everybody has I think though it just shows why conversation is so important because it's in talking things out especially as women I think men tend to like to go around in circles in their head first and then they'll articulate things when they feel a bit more sure but most women i'm not saying it's all i don't mean to generalize but i would say most women need to be very conversational in order to process and and it's in those conversations that we we're able to discern well is this me being irrational or am I really picking up on something it just helps us really um hear ourselves when Mm. we're loud, and I think that probably explains why I've got so many clients though because I think half the stuff that people come to me with is the stuff they don't necessarily feel they can bring to their friendships or their family now that might be because it's something that is private, but it could also be that they've had this same conversation with somebody 10 million times and they don't, their friends have got like, I don't want to hear about it anymore. And then they'll bring it to me. Do you know That's that? exactly how,
0: how I met you? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: but do you know what I love about that though? Repetition is so important to uh, bringing in new no- neural pathways yeah. so actually I'm quite happy for people to come and repeat themselves on me
0: <laughs> yeah exactly
1: we talk about things and that's that's also a huge part of understanding our fear and it's probably how I work with my clients is well let's just get it out then There's
0: yeah I guess well I guess as well like you create a space where they can And um, like for me so when I um when I first worked with you I guess I was having far too many psychic readings because I was in such a bad place and I was trying to um you know figure out if this relationship thing with this person was gonna materialize and I was so obsessed with that and and my friends and everyone were like you're crazy shut up (laughs) which is probably why I did come to you but then having that space um like with you actually it wasn't really about working out whether i was going to be with that person or not it was all about me and my own healing and actually slowly realizing that that wasn't healthy or right for me or you know what was it that i needed and so even though like
1: you are and I wasn't your only source at the time. You actually had other areas of your life also inflating you from friendships to other therapies, right? So I was just one of these many things that was were inflating you. And during that time, whilst when you were coming in, yes it seemed like that was the conversation we were having but what we were also doing was inflating you in such a way that you've regained your self-trust that you regained yourself knowing that your self-esteem was increasing your self-belief and through those conversations and i mean there were lots of them you were just becoming more and more you again. I think Mm. the situation that you came to me with had deflated you so much that you just needed all this inflation, right? And I think it's okay to get that from outside sources. I know that everybody says, oh, you got to give it to yourself, right? There's this bizarre glorification on independence and being able to give to yourself before you give to other people and I think well actually we're very interdependent species we need each other we need multiple sources sort of supporting us and I think that's the difference was you came to us thinking you were coming for a reading mm. but what you got was space just the process
0: yeah definitely space
1: just to inflate
0: mm. And um, and also, I got like a lot of validation because actually, what was happening to me in that situation was probably a little bit of gaslighting. Where I, I felt like I was going a bit crazy. So yeah. speaking to someone like yourself, you know, and not just you, but all the various places I went through, it was like you're not crazy, and right. I felt like I was crazy. And that's where that's where it really really helped um, me get back on my feet because I was struggling so much there. But um, what, how would you describe what spirit is? and what you connect to, if that's it. Okay.
1: I Obviously, everybody's going to have their own interpretation of that. For me, <clears throat> when I speak of spirit, that is my collective of dead people. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got my own little um, entourage of <laughs> dead people that are people that I know that are in spirit, but also people I've picked up along the way. And so when I'm working... I'm not just here as Emma. I've got this connection to spirit where I would say I can't do without them. It kind of flows through. So the information and the access flows through. And usually, once I'm done with the call, that is sealed off and off I go about my day. I do connect to spirit all day. I do talk to them all day, but that will probably just be for myself, for my own connection. So for me, there is that spirit. That's what I will refer to when I say spirit. But I think it also, for me, is that connection to whatever source energy we want to say that is. Now, I think it is so up for debate, isn't it? You know, whether you want to mm-hmm. call it God or angels or, or you know, just universe. this universe energy. Do you know, it's so individual how we interpret that what I do believe is is that there is a, there is something right there is this energy that I believe is that creator energy do you know what has brought all this to being in the first place I also sometimes refer to it as the mystery so if I'm writing I might call it the mystery if I'm talking I'll call it spirits that's my dead people but I think it is that incredible force that we just can't fully understand from our little humanity states
0: (laughs) yeah definitely
1: anyone yeah I believe anyone can connect to spirit um I'm always incredibly grateful for for my connection with spirit and I do nurture it um all day every day and I have been for a really long time so for me getting in the flow of spirit is now just normal you know it's it's what I do but I don't think Um, that I'm you know there's only special people that can do it I think anyone can children are an incredible example of that yeah incredible I don't know how many stories like hundreds I've heard over the last sort of decade of people's kids being able to really relay their connection to spirit in that way and I think anyone can do it what I do think is is that you gotta listen Mm. but I also think spirit talks to everybody in a way they can hear So Mm. maybe you don't have to sit down and meditate and hear, you know, feel your dead grandparents. Chances are they just make your inner voice louder for you. Mm. They just turn that volume up and that's your connection to spirit. So you got it from that heart space. Mm. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. that's your connection to spirit. They're not necessarily going to come through in a very obvious way. Mm. If that's not how you're naturally connecting, it might be through dreams. It might be through you're just talking and you get. I don't know inspiration I mean it's the Greeks isn't it they used to call them muses Mm. a lot of creatives still call it a muse do you know and I think I think everyone can talk to spirit I just use it in this way
0: (laughs) yeah you know it's it's so true I mean like I was watching um so the wisdom of trauma movie you know Gabor mate Gabor Mate. Oh. yeah I and um right yeah, yep. so he had he's done a movie and he did loads of talks and sia came on it and i love her she's great and she's been through a whole load of trauma yes, and she was saying and about the songs she writes she goes it's it's not me it's just coming through me and like um and lots of people say that in lots, yeah. creative people and even i know for me you know i never used to I've been on a real journey my own spiritual journey which is you know I I was born of a certain religion and it's not I wouldn't say that's what you know not that I don't I believe in like everyone's beliefs is their beliefs but for me it's been quite different and I feel that as I've um, been on this journey of healing that when I write and stuff stuff comes through to me like um yes. for example the day that I decided to do the podcast I don't know where the hell that came from it was like I was actually writing my own little story and it was like oh I think I should really get a microphone I don't even I don't even know where that came from it's I like it's that. time for you to say it's time for you to divine show your story
1: right that's divine inspiration yeah
0: exactly and I just decided to do it like out of nowhere or um what was the other thing that when I did my YouTube video years ago, I remember I was, I remember this so clearly. I was in the bath, having my salt bath, listening to my mantras, you know, taking care of myself. Yep. And it came into my head. It was like, you've got to film a video. You've got to share your perspective because people need to hear it. So it's like... You know, like people call it woo-woo or whatever, but we all have that capability within us too. Like I always try to teach my clients about how to listen to that their own voice because that is intuition. That could be their own guides or whoever's helping them out.
1: I absolutely believe that. And I think because, you know, that spirit energy is so intelligent, right? It's this Mm. divine intelligence. So, of course, it's going to speak to everybody in a way, that works for them it may not be with fireworks it may not be like you know moses and a burning bush it might be that little whisper that says make a phone call record the video get writing i think we've heard of divine inspiration throughout the arts forever and i think mm-hmm. what people maybe don't realize is that that is so connected to creativity but there's so many ways we're creative for me conversations are creative Mm. So that's one of the ways that I create, right? I'm creating life and connection and conversation. That's conversation. But for you, yours is conversations through the podcast, but it's just as creative.
0: Mm.
1: And I yeah, think that's true. why I believe whilst, okay, whilst I say I use my, my psychic stuff, um, I think most people are using it as well I just use mine differently and I guess I just spend a lot more time during the day really feeding and fine-tuning that connection so that I can be clear but I truly don't believe I could do what I do without them
0: mm-hmm. so
1: you know I'm well aware they're a huge part of the process
0: yeah well and there's so many people out there that have helped um people with their connection with spirit like abraham hicks for example yeah you know that's another example everyone you know manifestation has become so law of attraction has got become so big yeah but that's where it comes from and um, everybody some esther hearing somebody's voice esther's talking through abraham's talking through esther
1: do you know it's yeah, absolutely exactly. mediumship do you know like it's really mediumship but we often forget because if you're if you're used to listening to esther and abraham you're so used to it that you forget she's channeling a dead guy
0: yeah, it's <laughs> like more. that's
1: what she's doing. Do you know? Mm. Um, and it's interesting how many sort of angles you could take on that. I mean, if you think you know, priests, they are connected to something, right? They believe they're delivering the word of God. Do you know, like, and that they are connected. And I think so. I think everyone can do it. Yeah, <laughs> we just all display that in a way that. relevant to us Hmm.
0: and what about like I know when I was at the midst of my addiction to having a lot of readings um Mm. it was because I I was so lost and I guess I wanted someone to tell me my future I know that's not what you I know that's not what you do but like do you think that's even possible (laughs) right the longer I've done this the more my philosophies
1: (laughs) on it change and change so what I believe today I don't know I'll believe it in a year we'll find out but where I'm currently at is I believe that some of it is fated like I believe in fated meetings um but I believe you can throw people together and then what they co-create is up to them so I believe in that I don't I believe that I have definitely seen points in the future and I've got those spot on but I cannot necessarily feel confident in how that plays out now I do believe that maybe what's happening is there's a trajectory Mm. right so if you are pretty much who you are following through with the way if you're predictable (laughs) if I can look at you and go through all your layers and go this trajectory is fairly predictable it opens up a huge path that I can see quite far down the path some of that but if you're a curveball and you're going to do something different in a week I think the path splinters off and mm. then we've got to look down a new path. And I think it, the future is malleable. Mm. And what is predictable is also changeable. Mm. So if we can predict it, we may be able to change it. And yeah, I still believe in fated points of time. So I don't know. Like, I'd love to say I'm a psychic that's got it all figured out. Um, especially because people do come to me to say what's going to happen here, here, and here. And sometimes I can see some stuff. Mm. But yeah, that doesn't you make me infallible. Sense.
0: Mm, I still remember when you said you saw my future office when I got that job and so yeah definitely this oh yeah that
1: was so cool that one wasn't it we could (laughs) totally see your office and the building and everything so that that shows we can sometimes do it
0: Mm, yeah exactly
1: gorgeous and it was so exciting when it happened and I think what I believe is I think sometimes there must be encouragement like spirit must say look we're going to give you this little bit of encouragement to prove we're there with you that we see where you're going and what's for you in some form maybe just to build our confidence in them and the connection that we're divinely supported and that we're not alone and that things are working out for us but at the same time that is open to change right
0: Mm, definitely
1: I don't know I mean what are your thoughts on it at this point because we know some things are predictable right but Mm,
0: I think there's so much of it we create ourselves as well Um, so like you know when you start to really want something you like manifest things and you create them and like you said there are things that are absolutely going to happen I think you know like maybe I've when someone is born and dies. I reckon that's pretty fate. I believe
1: that. I think birth and death are fated. fated. I think house moves are fated. I've said that Yeah, too,
0: Yeah, house moves, jobs, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, um, I think
1: certain big things are. But yeah. I don't believe we have no choice in it. Mm. Maybe, you know, if we're going to be imaginative, if there is something that's fating it and scripting it, right, to some degree then maybe we're in conversation with them during our lifetime. Do you know, like, so maybe it's not that they're saying, right, this is what you're going to do. Maybe there is something where we're conversing with divine guides and they're actually informing us and we're giving them our ideas and our opinions and they set it up. Yeah. Who (laughs) knows? And we walk into it, right? I don't know, but I do believe, right. I don't believe that our lives are scripted. I don't believe that for a second. I do believe they're co-created.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think. But,
1: The older I get, the less I know about what that means.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like you know, growing up in an Indian family, we were taught lots about karma and kismet. Um, so it was just, but it was kind of like you either had good or you bad, and you were born with it or you or you weren't. Um, so like someone like me and my family, we had bad one because of we had all that trauma, but that just made you feel so incredibly shit about yourself. So the way that I look at it now is that you, you know, I ha- I had my parents, and that was all meant to be they were meant to be my family that was the way it was meant to be because I'm here I'm on a spiritual journey to evolve and um, and you know heal myself a little bit maybe help others like it was the way it was meant to be yeah, um
1: I believe we choose our family yeah but I don't know necessarily all the ins and outs of why
0: yeah I don't
1: believe we're here to suffer no I don't believe you know what I, I one thing I did do as I grew up in a religious house and a lot of like Christian teachings will sort of say that, you know, you've got to go through suffering in order, you know, like a test to prove yourself to God. And then what happened was I ditched that for spirituality and then adopted, but carried on the same philosophy. So then I decided everything was still testing me to test that I could grow and evolve and change into this different consciousness. And I a few years ago, I found that so depressing. You know, when life was so hard and I was in like a huge depression, and I went, you know what? I'm throwing that one out. I don't know the ins and outs of why we're here, but I refuse to believe in anything that creates mm. suffering.
0: No, Do you know, like, no. um,
1: or anything that's gonna, I've got a fantastic way of taking philosophies and making them beautifully self punishing. And I'm sure that comes from religion. <laughs> So even when I find the best spiritual philosophies, I can, I can twist them over time and make them self-punishing for sure. And that's one of the things that I decided to stop doing because I don't know, but if the thought that I've got to suffer is going to actually just make me suffer more, mm. I'm going to throw that one out until I can replace it. Fair with enough.
0: I mean, like I do feel like I feel that having gone through trauma, um, yeah. it did... Like it awakened something in me, which is oh yeah, that sure. voice and that rock bottom and all of yeah. And that's kind of how sometimes I make peace with the trauma because I'm like, well, it brought me to here and to to have because I couldn't hear that voice before. I could only hear like my dad's voice, like moaning at me. I couldn't hear my own voice. And now from the trauma and the hitting of rock bottom that allowed me to be able to hear it and to be able to um you know really start to take care of myself and invest in working with people like yourself and other people to get better and for anybody that's listening obviously this is a slightly different episode um because emma's work is so unique but it could be exactly what you need and maybe when you went to see your therapist or your counselor you didn't have that connection with them and That's, you know, and that I think there's so many different, that's the great thing about life and our world is there's so many people out there that want to help us. And there's so many people with different skills. And it's just about finding the right fit for you to help you on your journey or multiple. Like I had, I had a team.
1: (laughs) I've had a team. In fact, you know, I think I've probably had like, over throughout my adult today, I mean I've had everybody from you know fellow psychics to you know therapists to neuropsychologists and you know I've had a little bit of everybody but friends and colleagues and I think we are, we are in need of lots of different people. I think when you're very textured and very different, um there's never gonna be one person that ticks all your boxes, right? You need a mix of people to hit all those different elements off you. And I think, I guess what we do is we do a lot of spirituality, don't we, mean Yeah, yeah.
0: The yeah. spiritual
1: perspectives and the spiritual connectivity of things. Hmm. Um, and that helps sometimes.
0: <laughs> yeah, it definitely does. And what themes have you been, that have been coming up for your clients this year, would you say?
1: Uh, I think a big theme of 2021 is co-creation. How we co-create in the world and what that means for us i think co-creation is obviously anything we're creating with others i think there's a massive call for us to work with others but because of perhaps past in working with others, uh, whether that is in career or whether that's in family and friends and, you know, like the social dynamic or in love. I think being able to create something new and create bigger, but navigating what that means for us as individuals has been the biggest thing. I think, you know, covering all that fear of co-creation, how do we work with others? How do we listen? How do we voice our ideas? and feel safe and excited in doing so and I think I have not this year I mean it's always relationships but the co-creation has just been huge absolutely huge about what it means to create life with another
0: yeah I, I'm and guessing the, as well after pa- the, the like COVID the pandemic is a lot of uh, we're all creating again aren't we like how do you want your life yeah. to be now do you want to go into your office do you not do you want to do this and I can imagine well,
1: musical chairs so everybody's moved about and everybody's changed their minds and everybody you know people that we were creating with prior to the pandemic maybe we don't want to create with them now and it's not it is similar to what you say that idea of the environment and what brings us harmony but it does I've seen a lot of chaos in sort of relationship destruction this year
0: Mm. through the eyes
1: of I cannot create with this person and that Mm. obviously then inspires well then how do I create? What does that look like for me? And I think I've noticed people really creating big things already this year. Um, like you, you created your new house that was massively co-created for you. Mm-hmm. You didn't do that all on your own. No. You're you're looking at, you know, the way that you're creating with your clients.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: It you know, it's really big. And I've noticed that. The other one was obligation. Obligation is picking up steam. That came in sort of around spring, but as we hit going move more and more through summer, I think the idea of where we feel obligated is mm. huge this year.
0: I think that's so that, interesting.
1: That is so weird. I felt it. I'm sure you have. Yeah, and it's because listening's got this obligation. And that's that stuff of where you go, I haven't replied enough. I haven't arranged to meet this person. I don't actually want to hang out with them. I'm not sure I want to feel obligated to these events, these situations. I'm feeling the guilt of having to reject that or turn it down. Yeah. Associated with rejecting obligation. I think guilt is really interesting because if we're starting to feel bad about it, it shows that we feel obligated to it.
0: Yeah, no, it's, but it's interesting as well because timing, because obviously um here in the UK anyway we're sort of back to well back to normal in quotes and that means I oh, like I can feel it like that little voice in your head well you should probably see that person you haven't seen yeah. that person you should invite that person to your house and I'm just like I'm really tired I don't want to yes, <laughs> no I mean, offense to anyone yes I, I can, just am really tired but then if you
1: don't do it you, you start feel, pain, feel bad and that's because you feel Obligated when you feel devoted to someone, one, you don't mind being honest, but two, you also um you want to do it. Mm.
0: You tend
1: to not feel the guilt, you know, like it's it only rustles as oh my god, I feel so bad because they're supposed to be my best friend, or they're supposed to be my favorite cousin, you know, like and I or they're my sister or my brother, and you go, I feel bad because I don't want to. That that is us coming to some conversation about where we feel obligated and where that might be evolving so that's been the other big theme this year so if um, any of your people have been feeling that then they'd be very welcome to come and have a chat with me <laughs> <laughs>
0: um where where do you think you're going next with your work
1: um uh, I am at the moment continuing to take clients uh that is happening and so you know I'll give you all the details for that but um I'm actually going off in a spin direction so maybe as well next year we'll be able to have another chat because having done this over 10 years you know I've spoken to thousands of people I think one of my biggest realizations has been the impact of trauma neglect and abuse which I know that you know and so my aim is actually to start working with children
0: oh amazing! and so
1: obviously not as a psychic because that'd be weird
0: but But it it would help but it would help
1: Uh, well I think the intuitive nature that that many of us bring to the table is really helpful for working with children but definitely that's the aim now is to have um equal time with that so equal time with supporting children I think we are starting to understand that prevention,
0: yeah, definitely, is,
1: is got to be our, our forward, forward step. Forward Well, you've got
0: a anyway. I mean, literally every single person on the planet is affected by trauma, pretty much. Very, a lot of it, a very yeah, like I think I would imagine a very small amount had this perfect, healthier, healthy upbringing that yeah. has helped them, but but definitely, there's so much more studies and information out there that's about those seven years and the development of the mind oh yes. and the trauma um, impact on it I mean I'm always banging on about good. that
1: yeah 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 so we see we can do this together then in the next year because that yeah. all the research I've been doing like yeah I'm now and I'm doing so much work and obviously I'm working with children in forest school environments in order to help um sort of provide uh, childhood enrichment because I think we're just so aware now that whilst we you know we're doing so much work to support people in overcoming this adversity this emotional adversity we've also got the awareness that once we get there to places like you and I have got we've actually got a gift to help prevent it because it takes so much work to unpick and unfortunately if we look at the statistics for things like violent crime hmm. um, suicide the Mm. prison figures, you know, the prison inmate figures, we still have this huge problem of people not being reached in time. And Mm. so being able to get there before we have to put the work in to unpick, Mm -hmm. being able to get in there earlier, (laughs) that's definitely now becoming an on-par devotion for me to help people that have been through it um, Mm -hmm. and for us to unpick and re-establish new ways of thinking, seeing, feeling, living and in equal measure, bring forward hopefully a level of support so that we don't have so many people for you and I to talk to (laughs) I know it's
0: so funny that you said because years ago that was like my I tried to it was very I was much earlier in my own journey but I I wrote a paper because I wanted to set up a charity where um like kids at school could share their I literally called it share your story which is weird and um, so kids could talk about their experiences because I remember when I was at school I felt like a complete weirdo because I was struggling so much at home and then it's only when I got older I realized that actually a lot of people were having the same experience and just to have that connection in that community could have been so powerful so I definitely want to do a charity one day
1: when well I, I have no doubt we'll have lots of opportunity to work together
0: yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, is, love that from, that. is that psychic Emma saying that or <laughs> just Emma?
1: Friend is that Emma. your team? <laughs> Friend Emma, so that we could co create it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, people I'd love be, to do it.
1: Yeah, I'd be definitely, I think, you know, I'd definitely be happy to converse. And maybe in a year's time, we'll come and talk to everyone about what we're doing.
0: Yeah, definitely. And how can people work with you now as adults, not children, obviously? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, you can book in with me for sessions through my website. So we'll pop a link somewhere, I assume. Yeah, yeah, uh,
0: yeah, Um, I'll put it in the notes.
1: But one of your best ways is at the moment I've got a Patreon. So it's a private community, um, which is what I love about it. I feel I can be more intimate there and that other people can because it doesn't have, say, the public nature of Instagram or Facebook. So it is a subscription, but it's only like £5 a month. But I post there every single day and I think... They're my best posts. I think they're awesome there. I love it. So if you, honestly, I love it so much. And the community is so small right now. Like it's so tiny that if you get in there, you're going to have a lovely, tiny little family there because it's so tiny. But I believe it's going to grow. I believe in it. Um, I am on Facebook and... I have got a YouTube, but it's not re- I'm not reliably posting through the summer. So we'll you know if you come I pop to- all the
0: links in the yeah. episode notes. I'm
1: everywhere. <laughs> exactly. And she's
0: even on Google. She's I am on Google.
1: Google. Yes, you yep. can do for me there too. So but your best bet will be my website or Patreon. Yeah, that's my Patreon is where I'm most conversational without having to get too personal with me.
0: Amazing
1: <laughs> sessions. Yeah. Thank you
0: so much, Emma, for coming on and sharing the wonderful work that you do.
1: Well, well thank you for having me. And uh, thank you. And it's my first time doing this, so I'm very happy. Well, to
0: you're it with you. a pro because you know how to chat. So. <laughs>
1: Wow, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I do spend a lot of time talking. So thank you, thank and, you so uh, much
0: for having me on. I look forward to doing it again sometime. Yes, for sure. Thank you. Okay, see Bye. you later. Bye. Bye. And there we have it, guys. An episode completed. I hope you enjoyed it and it raised a load of awareness in your mind. There was alarm bells going. You were all like, "Ding, that's totally me," because that's what I was like when I started this journey, and that is the start of the process finding out this information and realizing it has happened in your own life so I really hope it was helpful and before the next episode coming out next Wednesday be sure to check us out on Instagram so it's hearts underscore underscore happiness also we have a YouTube channel where I share the videos I create for Instagram on so you can check that out they come on about once a week and then we also have a Facebook group if you want to join to carry on the conversation I want to create a community where we're all talking about our very real experiences and traumas and then there is also my website called heartshappiness.co.uk which you can check out To join our mailing list so that as I create new services and support tools for you all, you're the first to find out. And I have a freebie on there, so definitely check that out. It's five books that transformed my healing. So if you really want to kickstart and you know your life and the content in here, these books are like the basis of so much of my knowledge. So definitely check that out. And I will speak to you next week. I'm so excited to continue this journey with you to help you to find your own heart's happiness. Take care.